Welcome to day 271 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keeve and Matthew Kresge, and we continue our journey through the Gospel of Matthew. been a rich experience, you know, from beginning to end. Uh, Matthew's Gospel, of course, is one of the more Jewish of the Gospels, and of course he grabs some of the finer images of the Old Testament and he shows us how they point to Christ and gives us a vision of Christ as, you know, the consummate teacher, uh, the one who has uh, fulfilled the law but also has authority over the law. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, we see him moving, you know, toward the cross and we see increased conflict, you know, from the Jewish people, especially their leaders, uh, especially the Pharisees among those, you know, leaders. And we see a cataclysmic vision of end times when the temple will be destroyed and when things will go from bad to worse, but the promise that he will sustain us and, and of course, the encouragement or the exhortation to be whenever he comes to be found about his business. And he's described as a servant that's been put in charge of his household to feed and nurture, you know, his servants, so it's a very pastoral call that we have to be deeply vested in one another for the cause of Christ as things go, you know, from bad to worse. And so we have, you know, a couple of parables that you know are in the same vein that tell us, you know, to be ready uh, at the coming of His kingdom when we come into uh, chapter twenty-five. So before we read chapter twenty-five, David Keith, why don't you lift us up with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, we, uh, we do ask that you and, and your grace would meet us now as we turn to your scriptures. And as we look to the words of Christ, may we be a people who do not just get distracted by the things of this world and, and, all, the, and all the worries and all the to-dos. But may we be a people who are found um, longing for you, uh, waiting for you, and, and, and active in the things you've called us to be as your people here in this time and here in this place. And so we ask that you would meet us where we are this, this today. Um, convict us where we need conviction. Encourage us where we need encouragement. And, and may we walk away with uh, a deep sense of wonder and all uh, in who Christ is. And pray this all in his name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we are indeed doing this in the morning. Yeah. Um, but you may be here may be. in the afternoon <laughs> or the evening. <laughs> Uh, Matthew chapter 25, at, the time, at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Uh, Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, "Uh, Open the door for us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who calls his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. 
But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold uh, bought the, uh, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold, so you have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold, so I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat, the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did, we do, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did, uh, for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are accursed, and to the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Uh, Poignant poignant parables are three parables uh, telling us that preparing us, you know, for the end, to telling us what we ought to be doing as we wait for the end, and the other telling us, you know, the, what the judgment looks like. And it's a very surprising judgment when we come, you know, to the end. It's a, a judgment where people are judged on the basis of, of their deeds. And, of course, that sometimes, you know, goes against our gospel, you know, just a, a, just a little bit. So it's an interesting, um, interesting arrangement of the parables, all flowing out of a you know, the Olivet Discourse of, you know, what will the end look like and how should we respond as, as, as we wait, you know, for the end. And, you know, I guess in the parable of the ten versions, there's probably several things we could draw out of it, but there is an underlying sense of, 
of, of being ready. And even though it's going to be a long wait to stay ready for a long period of time to not so much forget that the bridegroom's coming, but each and every day, day in, day out, we're people to consider the, the coming of Christ and, and to be ready, which is, I think, a call for endurance in many ways as we look to this. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a call for preparation. Yeah, and so you have you know you have five you know five who are wise and five who are foolish, and the foolish ones are are not prepared for the long haul. You know they're they're you know mm-hmm. kind of have a short term you know a short term vision, uh, and uh, the wise ones are prepared for the long haul, and that's you know common you know to both of these you know both of these parables. Uh, you know, uh, as you put them together, is there is a long period of waiting between you know the time that uh, you know the uh, the master has is, is left and the master you know the master returns. You know the parable of the the bags of gold. There's a couple images that I really enjoy in that parable. You know where it says, uh, you know, you have the two that that do um, essentially, you know, they're they're faithful. And and he says, "Come, share in your master's happiness." Mm-hmm. I know mean, what a great image that you know they're not just invited to you know, hey, you get more stuff, or hey, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. place you in charge of a, a lot of other things. And but there's also included in that this image of come and share in your master's happiness. And he says that to to both of those you know the, who are faithful, but then to the one who um, you know, doesn't, he says, "The master replied, you wicked and lazy servant.'" And then, so you know that, um, or and before that, he actually says, you know, I knew you were a hard man harvesting where you have not sown or gathered. And, and just the contrast between, you know, the two who are found faithful, they get to share in the master's happiness. Yeah. But the one who's not, you know, his view of the master was skewed, mm-hmm. that he saw the master not as one whose happiness was worth sharing in, but actually was a hard man. And, and of course, you also see that in, in the parable of the sheep and the goats, because you have him. Uh, you know, to the ones on his right, he says, "You know, come, you who are blessed by the Father." And the word for blessing there is is not you know the normal word we find in Greek for blessing. It is a word that talks, uh, you know, about it, it. It's it's more than happiness, but it is a, a rejoicing uh, and an experience of joy. Uh, so it's the same one we have in, in the Beatitudes, you know, where he said, "Blessed are you," and some some translate that a little bit too lightly. How happy are you? But it does have a, it is poignant. True happiness is found in uh, you know living after His pattern and knowing Him. And so you have entering the Master's happiness, and you have entering the Father's blessedness. Mm-hmm. You know, as part of the gift that we have being in Christ Jesus is enjoying you know not momentary you know light frivolous happiness but this deep sense of peace and well-being you know that uh, brings joy to us that comes only from the father as his gift and the relational aspect of all three parables i mean even the you know the five who come knocking on the door later and you know the says the leaders the later the uh, others also came lord lord they said open the door for us but he replied truly i tell you i don't know you yeah the relational you know, just kind of um, outlook in all three of these parables is no. you, you have, you can't enter into the, the master's happiness if you don't know the master. You know, yep. there is no sharing in that. We may have been friends on Facebook, but we've never <laughs> had a real relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's yeah. kind of the surface connection, you know, that you had with me. And of course, we, we hear this, the same words we hear, you know, back in chapter seven. Uh, where you know many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. And it's you know not about you know the outward trappings of even some of these 
phenomenological, you know, kind of things that are pretty incredible to us. Uh, it's not the outward trappings of our confession of faith or our spiritual experiences. It's the deep relational sense of knowing the Father and being known by the Father. And of mm. course, we have in the Gospel of John, which uh, uh, you know, we've uh, will be the last gospel we read this year in the cycle of our, our readings, where Jesus describes eternal life as uh, knowing the Son. Uh, knowing the true God and the Son whom He sent, this is eternal life that they may know You and the One that You've sent. And then, so it's deep relational terms, mm. not an intellectual knowing, but a deep, rich fellowship knowing. Yeah, we all know we're so capable of kind of just doing these things without really maintaining and 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 seeking after that relationship with the Father. So what a kind of indictment that we can so easily appear to to be so righteous and so good and so connected but really not having any relationship as we see at the end and and we also have the flow you know moving from the parable of the ten virgins to being prepared for the long haul the master may be mule away a long time uh and and to be ready at his coming and then you know in the parables of the the talents or the bags of gold uh, you know each one of those would be a talent which is about 20 years of wages and and so you know one bag is mm. in a t- nearly a lifetime. Two bags certainly, you know, is a lifetime, and three, you know, and, and five, you know, much more than that. Uh, you know, when you when you look at it, and, and the Father's been generous, you know, to us all, and many, many have squandered that generosity. And, and of course, the the proper use of His generosity is to, again, like the faithful servant, you know, we talked about you know, uh, yesterday to be found about the Father's business is to be investing in kingdom causes for the glory of the Father, and, and which brings ultimate joy to us. It's the picture, you know, that you you get here. And then you have one of those investments the, that we can make, you know, when he talks about the sheeps and the mm-hmm. goats, uh, sheep and goats, as he says, you know, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And, you know, they ask, when did we do that? And he says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. You know, yeah. That's kingdom investment. No, and, and it's intensely practical. You know, if you see your brother mm. or sister, you know, James would tell us, cold, you know, uh, cold and without clothes, and you just simply say to them, "Ah, uh, I hope you get warm and are filled." So to, well. What good is it, you know, to you? And of course, it's a, intensely practical that we uh, love others, you know, uh, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. Or as Paul would even go further, consider others better than yourselves. Look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ mm-hmm. Jesus, who all the way. Uh, existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, but mm-hmm. took on the form of a servant. And, and of course, that's you know the, the heart of the gospel. And it's not to say that those those works, you know, the, those works are not what justify us before the Father. Those works are those things that show that we have indeed been justified before the Father, and the heart of the Father is manifest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we're not we're not saved by works we're saved for works Mm -hmm. and those works are evident of god's work in us Mm -hmm. yeah these works that he's prepared beforehand for us to walk in um, and and i love how christ is calling us in those works to see humanity with equal concern and dignity and 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 value 
yeah, as absolutely. image bearers and absolutely. not to just neglect people who we feel superior to. Yes. Um, but there is this leveling that the gospel does in our hearts um, as we look to our fellow man with concern and, and deep love mm-hmm. um, for our neighbor. And of course, here the the focus is on brothers and sisters. You know that that's it starts you know, in our relationships. You know within the church, and of course that's you know you know part of our you know, part of our vision here is to lead people into a deeper you know love for Christ and to lead them to be this church for one another, caring for each other in very practical ways like this, and beyond that to our city. And so Paul would say in Galatians, you know, as we have opportunity, mm-hmm. let us do good for all people, especially. Mm-hmm especially the family right around us. If we can't prove our love there, then our love is, is a very, very little value. Nice uh, nice sections of Scripture, and I think we've already gone over time. And it's, um, Oops. So, uh, Matt, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, close us out yeah. with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Father, would you give us um, a, a deep heart for you and, and for those who, um, who you love, those who you care for father give us a concern for those around us that the, uh, help us to see them as you see them to, to love them as you love them to care for them uh, father thank you for uh, these passages for the reminder um, that, that, that father you uh, have called us to, to be faithful you've called us to be yours in this place and so god uh, help us to to be your people in this place who um, who love you who desire to see your name no, uh, made known um, not just in our own lives, but but all over. Uh, God, use us for, for the sake of your kingdom and for the good of those um, who, who you love, who you've called. Um, God, grow us up in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.